You know, I really want to unpack a, a thought that's been rolling around and really I've been dealing with my own personal space of my life for the last couple years intensely, obviously prior as well, but the last couple years more intensely. And I, I want to talk about three words that kind of go together, uh, but the main emphasis of, of what we're going to be talking about is acceptance. It's such a big thing in, in, in life. And the other two that will go along with it is learning how to walk out your true identity, uncovering that which the Father put inside of you before you were born, and then also doing it from a place of humility. And my, de my definition of humility, I'll give it to you right up front, is strength under control are your personal strengths where you're stronger in some areas and others you restrain those if it's going to either a number one not empower them or b number two somehow you know force something on people that they're not asking for so I, that's kind of how i define humility and i use the scripture to give you some sort of foundation for that that jesus didn't think it was a robbery to be made equal with God is in Philippians, but he humbled himself even to the death of the cross. Jesus had the ability to live forever because he didn't sin. So he would have never died. But then Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Spirit of the Trinity would have lived in only one body throughout eternity. So he, instead of thinking of his godness, so to speak, decided that he would humble himself to the will of the Father. And he said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And he went to the cross, was buried, and was resurrected for our transgressions, not his. So technically, he could have lived forever because he was sinless. And if he wasn't sinless, then we wouldn't be saved. Hello. So that's kind of the basis of my defining humility. This is the way it was unpacked to me some years ago. So I just want to kind of give you some uh, insight on how I look at humility. I don't look at it. Uh, most of the humility I see nowadays in people's lives is what I would call false humility. But we won't get into that because that's not really important. Just kind of wanted to give you some backdrop there. What I really want to talk about is the first, in this first segment, I want to talk about what are you doing with your own heart? And I know in the culture we live in that there's either one or two extremes. Like, you know, just, just, just especially in, in, in what I call Christendom mindset in the United States, it's either kind of like just, you know, uh, we have this thing where uh, like all of our desires should be fulfilled and, and, and everything we want is from God. And all that's right here, kind of the prosperity, you know, wealth thing first uh, and God somewhere mixed up in it, which I don't actually agree with. And then uh, our either second is, is that we live a self-abased life where, uh, you know, it's like I have to do everything for God. I have to be at church every time the doors open. I've got to be there. I've got to pray 10 hours a day. I've got to fast. I've got to, I've got to make sure that I'm, I, I, I don't backslide I, 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 like that. And it's more of a fear-based, uh, kind of a poverty-based mindset uh, of works, even though we've been given the empowerment of grace. Now, obviously, those are two extremes, and somehow most of us live somewhere in between those, that 
too extreme. So I don't know where you're at in that. And 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 I, it's not a wealth message or, or a self-abasement message, but that's kind of the way I see Christianity 101 in the United States, at least the parts that I've been able to experience and see, and in my own life. So part of what I'm going to bring out about acceptance is I realized over the last couple years if you know me personally, you'll know this about me and you'll laugh when listening to this, but I'm a fairly intense person. I was actually born that way. I was told stories of me when I was, before I could even walk, that I would crawl and fight sleep so much and I would fall asleep in midstream crawling because I wanted to just go, 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 go. <laughs> so this was put in me before I was born, obviously, because nobody programmed me that way. Now, here's the problem with the intensity is that if I over push that, I am the ultimate square peg, round hole guy. Meaning that I will, if you, if I know it's right, so to speak, in my own heart, I am going to try to get that peg in that hole, even if you don't want it. Which then it becomes not a strength anymore, but it becomes a weakness. See, any of your strengths overused actually become weaknesses, and they actually are detrimental to you and to the people you are trying to use the square peg on just to kind of give you a metaphor to think about. That's my own, one of my own personal tendencies is, is the intensity that I carry when I find some truths and some transformational information, whether it's in business or life or, or spiritual things. I get so excited about it, I just want to tell everybody. The problem is, is that if I'm not careful with that zeal, I'll tell and keep telling, and they, they're like, man, you're hitting me with a fire hose. I, I can't take all of that, you see. And, and I'm not meaning any harm. And they are not meaning any disrespect when they can't handle it. And so then I started to realize, well, hold on a second. All right. So the zeal of God, the word of God says the zeal of God has consumed me. Well, here's the, here's an issue. You, the word of God says you need zeal with knowledge. So if you have zeal only, let me tell you, that's been my, a lot of times me. Now I might have a revelation with some of the zeal, but the reality of it is when you overdrive zeal, it comes across to people as overbearing sometimes, as too much passion, as too extreme. And then sometimes it can even come across as rage or hate when, when it's something that is wrong in society and you see the right from God and you want to give it to people to help them. You might not articulate it well. I've been guilty of every one of those. And so that's kind of my thing. I want you to kind of think about you as we unpack this talk because you obviously are different than me and you'll probably have different issues that you're walking out your life with to find destiny, desires, dreams that were put in you before you were ever born. So that's kind of the, 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 the segue into this. But what I realized over the last couple of years is that in an intense way, and, and, and really here recently, the Lord started dealing with me kind of about this. Uh, you know, back in 2010, I decided that I was, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds overweight, and I had to do something about it, so I joined the Y. I'm going to give you another story about me. And so when I joined the Y in 2010 in January, I started working out, doing the things I knew to do, so on and so forth. And uh, I, I actually, they had a class that was led by one of the assistant directors of the Y that was like a boot camp class. Well, he kept inviting me, and I'm like, man, I'm not in good enough shape to come to that class. He said, well, just come and go to the back and do what you can. 
So I went to that class and it liked to kill me, but it was good for me. And I started doing things and I was so lousy at jumping rope, I couldn't even jump rope. And he'd come back there one day and say, look, just do the air rope until you can jump rope, which frustrated me because it embarrassed me in front of everyone else who could do rope. So anyways, just a short story about that. But in that class, there was this guy who he would fill in for the assistant director when he wasn't there. And his name was Kyle. And he was an intense individual, which I like. And, uh, you know, he would really push people. And I started, you know, after about a month or two, I started, by March, I started getting in decent shape. I dropped 10 or 15 pounds and started at least being able to, to hang in the class a little bit. And then he kind of broke away most of the time, and him and this other guy went and worked out upstairs. And one day he invited me, and he's like in his early 30s, and this other guy was about the same age. And they're in great shape. They're athletes, you know. And they invited me, and I'm, I don't know, 10, 15. I'm probably 15 years older than both of them. And uh, so anyways... I go upstairs and start working out with them. And literally, they tried to kill me. But they weren't trying to kill me. They were just doing their thing, and I was trying to keep up. And they both said to each other, I knew, I found this out about a year later. They said, how, he, how long do you think he'll last? They kind of took a bet on how long I would last. What they didn't realize is I had a dad who taught me work ethic and never to back down. And you outwork people. Don't you let anyone outwork you when you know how to do something. And so in the back of my mind, that was there and it wouldn't let me quit. So after about a year, I became an athlete. I was ripped. I was in the best shape at 48 years old and 49 years old than I had been my entire life. Even when I was in high school wrestling and stuff, I mean, I was ripped and in shape because all I did was try to keep up with those guys. I actually never caught either one of them. But I just tried to keep up with them and kept getting better. And so the reason I'm telling you this story is that I started looking back on that. And then as I worked out for a couple years with them, I was in the best shape of most people half my age that went to the Y. And I became the poster child for them to say, you know, if Don can do it, what's your excuse? Because most of those people they were telling that to were 25 to 35 years old. And so it was kind of like they were putting pressure on anyone who wanted to join our group to step their game up because I could outwork most of them. Anyways, I'm not bragging on me. What I found out in my life, and I'm talking about acceptance, so I give you that story, is that I wasn't really looking for accolades from Kyle and Kenny. That was the two guys I started working out with. But I realized that my intensity part of my strength and gifting pushed me past where I should have went, and I wanted to go there to prove that I could win to them. And I started realizing, why are you, you know, because what happens is I started getting injuries. I started lifting, I got the heaviest weight lifting uh, on squats and deadlifts and, and push press than I had my whole lifetime. I'm talking about at 49 years old. So I was rocking and running. We were running at one time up to 25 miles a week, and I'm not even a runner. And I was in the best shape. I got down to probably 167. But what happened, here's what happened. The zeal of God, remember, has consumed me. The zeal of the intensity of my own gifting had pushed me out to try to act like I was 30 years old. And at that time, I was 49, getting ready to turn 50. And I started having injuries. And you know what I did? I ignored them. 
I started finding supplements in the uh, vitamin store and ways to uh, increase my strength and take Advil every night so I could keep up. And so what I started doing is the very zeal that I had to get in great shape was now pushing me square peg round hole past where it was really healthy for me. And, I, and, and as I'm unpacking this series and I'm thinking about it recently, that's what happens to all of us. You might not have an intensity issue, but let me tell you something. Everybody wants to be accepted. And this is about acceptance. This is what this is about. And I started realizing the reason I kept pushing and wanting to be, I loved being in shape. It wasn't anything wrong with that. And I'll give you another story in a minute to kind of start this whole series but I look back on it now and I realize after I had two or three injuries that, that, that I should have taken care of a little bit more, but I just kept pushing, that that particular intensity that's a gift of mine, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, I have to prove myself to these people. I have to be accepted at the top of this group because I am an athlete. I rock. And it became about them accepting me instead of me accepting me. Okay. And so then, you know, the, Kyle left and went in another direction and, and we, I started, working out. so my workouts changed a little bit and I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a place now where I'm more healthy with that. It almost, if you've ever worked out like this, you'll understand this. It almost becomes like a drug and an addiction because you just want to get better. You're ripped. The endorphins you get from running and working out really is, is it, it gets you high when you hit a certain point. They call it a runner's high or you can get the same thing with working out intensely. And so you get a, your body, you want that. It's a, it's a great, it's nothing wrong with that. It's the way God made us. But when it's overused, remember, your strengths overused become weaknesses and they become detrimental to you and to those around you every time. So I wanted to tell you that story to kind of give you a backdrop of me and my life and kind of, kind of how to identify what acceptance looks like for you. And I'm going, we're going to keep drilling down on that one and also the humility and the identity piece. But I want to give you one other story. So back in 1993, I started playing golf. I had never played golf my whole life. I was in my early 30s. And I had a guy that worked with me at my company, and he knew how to play. And the first time I went and played golf, I shot 127. So if you know anything about golf, you know how bad that is. And I think the guy that I played with shot in the mid-80s, which is pretty good. Uh, most golfers never shoot that good a score. But anyways, I told him that day, on the golf course, believe this or not, I'm going to beat you. And you know what happened? I, about two years, I kept playing. I became addicted to it. I would go to the driving range two or three times a week. I would try to play at least once a week. I built a golf green in the middle of my pasture at home so I could learn how to get out of a sand trap. Believe it, I built a mound right there in my backyard, kind of. And I'd go practice. And I put the effort in. But here's what it was. See, I realized I didn't enjoy golf. I enjoyed beating people. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. But when, when your motive behind that is so intense that your emotions run away with you when you don't win, 
And I was not really ever a poor sport when I lost with people, but inside I just churned like I should have made that shot. I should have made that putt and I would agonize over it and I'd go home and I'd, my lips would be poked out and my wife would ask me, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I, you know, and she could tell when I had a bad game of golf because I'd come home, my attitude was terrible. And she could tell when I had a great game because I'd come home, I'd just be happy. And I realized that's my issue. And you know why? All of my life, I've never enjoyed playing games to enjoy the game. But I've in, I, I play them to win. And that's the only reason for me. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably a little bit of both, depending on how far you push it. But what I found out is I wanted to be the best so I was accepted. See, most of our acceptance issues, and we're going to get to this. I just, I just wanted this first one's more of an introduction. Number one, we should want the acceptance of the Father first, foremost, and only even if other people don't accept us. And if somehow we can find that vertical acceptance, then that will begin any type of healing that we need, reaching out for other things, other people, other things, you know, trying to find acceptance in society outwardly instead of inwardly first. If you never find it inwardly, in your own heart. Remember the question, what are you doing with your own heart? If you never find that inwardly contentment with you and your vertical relationship with the Father, you will never feel acceptance like you want from whatever you do, no matter how good you get at it. You know, in, in uh, you remember the score, right? 127 is what I shot the first time I played golf in 1993. The Tanger Outlets in Mebane, if you go by the Mebane exit, if you ever go down Highway 40, it's right there off the big Tanger Outlets. That's the golf course I learned how to play on. It was Arrowhead. There's a, a mall there now. But anyways, side note, when I got the best that I could get about five years in, I shot 76 twice. And anybody who plays golf understands 72 is usually par. The pros usually shoot 60, you know, 68 to 70. Uh, uh, and so if you shoot in the 70s, you are a great player. I had about a 7 to a 9 handicap. I thought it was 9. My stepdad, who I played a lot of golf with, um, he said it was a 7 because I would typically shoot on a course that I was familiar with anywhere from 78 to 81 every time I played. So I got really good. You know what happened? I injured my shoulder. I injured my knee. You know what I did? I kept playing. Why? Because you got to win. Because I became addicted to it, to have acceptance from the outside world. And I look back on, and the reason I'm telling you these stories, and I'll end this here in a little bit, because I'm going to keep these at about 20 minutes. The reason I'm telling you some of my stories is hoping, hoping you can find your life in the different ways that you do things that are overusing your strengths and not really being accepted in your own heart, taking care of your own heart and having that vertical relationship uh, in order so that when you do get accolades and acceptance in the outward, it, it's it's okay. It's good. It's okay to have accolades. It's okay for people to tell you you rock and you do a good job. That's all right. But when that's what you crave and you don't have the vertical one right, it's, it's not going to end up good. Trust me, I've been there many times. And so... I wanted to tell you the two stories because what I realized about me in this season over the last few years, I did the same thing with business. I'll end with this story and then we'll kind of hopefully get into the, the heartbeat of, of what I'm trying to unpack in the next talk. I built the business with my dad 
It was a family business from 1984. It was started in 84 by him and his brother. And then in 19, I worked with him in 84, left in 85 and went and did sales for a year doing other things. And then I came back at the beginning of 86. So all of the 35 years that the business was in existence, I was there all but one. 86, I took over the sales and worked. And when you have a small business, you have to do everything. And it was just me and him and three or four other guys. His brother left and him and I became full partners and we started building the business. Well, over time, it became fairly successful and it, it created a decent income for our family. By the mid-late 90s, we were, you know, rocking pretty good. Then it exploded in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s. And I really started realizing it could be a large company and I could make really good money if I did certain things and built systems and stuff. So guess what? I started doing it. And we built a company. I'm not going to elongate the story, but we built a company that I sold in January of 2019, just a few months ago, uh, at the time of this recording. We built a company that there's 100,000 companies in the United States, roughly. There were like 96,000 in 2015. They do a census every few years. But there's roughly about 100,000 companies in America that do the kinds of things that we did that we would compete with all across the United States. And we were primarily just in the Raleigh-Durham, uh, Triad, Greensboro, High Point market. And so uh, when, when I sold my business based on five metrics, uh, four of the five metrics, we were in the top 1% of companies that do what we did. And in the fifth one, we were in the top two or 3%. So four out of the five, that means that out of 100,000 companies in the United States, we were in the top 1,000 companies in America. And I didn't realize that until I, I, we started looking at selling it and, and looking into some of the information that we had to market it with. It blew me away because all I did is got up and work and tried to build something. But the reason I'm telling you that part of the story is that all three of those stories, I look back on my life, and I'm going to talk about this in the next one. All three of those is I was still trying to find acceptance from my father, my earthly father. I want him, all I ever wanted to be from the time I was a little kid, because my parents separated and divorced when I was about four. All I ever wanted to be from the time I can remember how to articulate it was I wanted to be a son and I wanted my father to, to love and be proud of me. And, uh, you know, my father comes from a generation that didn't really articulate love verbally. And he had a pretty rough upbringing, too. So he didn't really have the capacity to express his love to me like I do my kids. And he didn't, you know, most of the proud moments of him to me, I heard from other people. He's rarely told me he was proud of me, if, he, if he's ever. But now I've heard that he was through other people, him telling them. I don't get it. But here's the deal. I realized most of my life I have been looking for acceptance from him to love me, to be proud of me because I just want to be a son. And I did all these things to prove to him that I rock. And I'm here to tell you that most of us, because of our humanity, no matter how perfect your home was growing up or imperfect or whatever, we all tend to go down this path because we all want to feel accepted. Sometimes we use very destructive things to feel accepted. 
And I'm not really going to get into that. You can figure that out for yourself. But here's the deal. It was destructive for me to live. And I started recognizing this probably about, I don't know, 13 or 14 years ago. And I've been walking this path out of, uh, of getting what I call well, so to speak. I don't know if we completely ever get well, but, but dealing with issues that I know that are in my heart that are triggers for me that cause me to go off the edge of the ledge. And you got to figure out what yours are. But I realized all my life, being an athlete, being ripped, uh, being a, a really great golfer, uh, being built a business to the top, that the reason that I did those things to the intensity level that I did is I was looking for my father's approval and acceptance. And you know what? I, real, I think that that's what we're all looking for. But we should be looking for the Father in heaven's approval and acceptance. Because that vertical relationship will empower us and give us a grace to live differently than we did yesterday. And I tell people all the time, my prayer almost daily is, Father, I want to be, I want people around me when I have to speak corrective word or instruction or something that might be a little bit hard. I want them to feel like I feel when you correct me. Because I always, whenever the father kind of tweaks me or says, hey, we ought to go this way, or you know, that's not really good for you. You don't need to be doing that, or whatever it is, I leave that moment feeling empowered, never put down. And my daily prayer almost is, Lord, I want to be like that for people around me that, that you've given me influence with. So hopefully that's your prayer. But I'm going to end this talk here because we went a little long. But I wanted to get the thought out. What are you doing right now that's really detrimental for your own heart and for the people around you so you can gain acceptance? Just kind of think about it. And we're going to, we're going to go back in it on the next one. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your heart. I'm not sure. I wanted to kind of give you foundation on some stories about me and how I arrived at this point where I'm really seeking vertical acceptance. And then if I get accepted by other people, fine. But if not, hey, I'm okay. So that's my goal in this and, and, and unpacking this and how it ties with humility and identity. So we'll keep moving forward. We'll see you on the other side. Remember, live free. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember to hit subscribe. If you would like to know more about what I do and how I could possibly help you, then visit me at www.donwlong.com. Also check out the course, Selling from the Soul.